Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John has a power trip as a camp counselor but gets humbled by the Lord of the Landfill. Meanwhile, I lick window sills and ponder my questionable clothing choices in the 90s. Plus, a conversation about the difference between talent and genius. Today's episode is not sponsored by Pickleball. Hope you've already met your insurance deductible this year. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Johnny, we're back. It's another January edition of Talk About That. Everything's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a time of new beginnings, John. It is. You know what it's really a time of is, this is the most important, like, the trash day after Christmas. Oh, yeah. It's the most important trash day. You yeah. want to make sure everything's out by the curb. You don't want to forget. And they, sometimes they have the holiday schedules. It's very important. I noticed today when I went to lunch and I walked past your car. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. So I'm in a little bit of a conundrum because what happened was I would give myself time. I loaded up. I mean, I've got so many boxes. It's a lot of my, boxes. In my garage. So I was like, I'm cleaning this up because I had to get to some old paint to try to touch up paint in my house. I've been off the road. So I'm like, I'm doing some of these projects around the house. Oh, what a guy. So you go find your old touch up paint. The touch up paint is seven years old. In my garage. Mm. So now I'm trying to like you gotta really get a little bit stuff, yeah. and it's gross. And I'm like, this isn't going to work. So then I go buy it. But I had to get to the paint and I couldn't get to it because all these boxes. So I'm like, I'm breaking. So I took a knife. I'm breaking down all these boxes. And now I have like stacks of cardboard. So now and then, and of course, the dump's closed because it's holiday. So I'm like, so I have to wait. So today was my day. I'm like, I'm going to load up these boxes. I couldn't wait. You can't wait to get that feeling of like uh-huh. they're not in my house anymore. It's amazing. It's a great feeling. So I load up my dumb hatchback. To the roof yeah. with stacked cardboard. And then I go to the dump. Everyone is at the dump today because it's January 2, where when we were recording this is January 2, and there's just yeah. a line yeah. around the block yeah. to finally get rid of because you're, you're reassessing things uh-huh. and you have your Christmas trash. Yeah. But this wasn't just the regular, it was a recycling place. So they're all going like, yeah. Everybody had the same idea as me of like, this is way too much cardboard in this house. Did you see the back of my truck? No. Were you there? No, but when you walk past my truck, like it's filled with. So I actually, you don't look like you broke your boxes down to me. I broke most of them down. And then there's a bunch of unbroken down ones on top. See, I broke them actually down. I break them all, the big ones down, but those little like tray ones, yeah. I didn't break down. Mm. I think you're having a <clears> breakdown. <throat> no, but what, what it is, is like, 
I do the best I can to prepare them for further compaction. I want to be a, I'm a rule follower. Do you, when you get there and they say only broken down boxes, but people throw full boxes in there all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm like, it is a compactor. Like it is a compactor. Is it just going to go ahead and break it down for us? Yeah. Why don't, you, why don't you go ahead and break this down for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break this down for you. <laughs> yeah. There's the guy that's at the dump that just sits in a chair, and he's like the lord of the dump. Don't you feel a little bit, when you're driving through? Oh, super jealous. I always feel like, is he going to, should I stop and say, I got, an, I got an old couch back here. Like, you feel like you have to call out. Yeah, you have to like, was it okay with you if I, yeah. I got paint and battery acid. Is this cool? It's a lot of power. It is a lot of power. He gets to tell you he what be they, like, we don't take that. Right. You go, but okay. I just saw him. Do, I like him. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah his, it's, like, it's his domain. Yeah. The trash guy, he's very powerful. I had a what friend, do you do with old paint? Who takes paint? I don't know. I saw it. You just have to live. Like, you shouldn't have bought that paint. <laughs> like, you just have to live you with your choices. With now. You just have to live with your choices. I did see a thing, a sign. They had, like, some workshop at the dump. It okay. was, like, come, and they were going to. No, they're about not caustic materials or whatever. Oh, but wow. It, but it said no old paint accepted. Like, they're like, we'll take anything. We'll take acid. I'd have to have a lot just of not paint. I'd have to have a lot of time to kill before I'd be like, you know what I want to do is go to a workshop <laughs> on at, a the, Saturday. at the dump <laughs> and learn. I mean, there, I, did, I thought. Teach me about garbage. I wish I knew what they were going to say because I do have things to get rid of sometimes. Yeah. I think you could take it to the big landfill mm-hmm. and they have. Like places there. Those places that, that recycle it. the. You don't recycle. What do you do with the paint? It's got to end up somewhere. I don't know, Johnny. I think we could bring a painter on. I just, I just, it's going to end up in the water supply. It's, <laughs> let's just be honest with it. We're drinking paint. Well, we probably, we yeah. probably are. That's I've, why I have that water filtration system now, just for mm-hmm. moments like this, though, because ooh. You know, there's a theory that I've saw, I've seen online more than once, and I'm not a conspiracy guy, but no. this one was from a like a guy who's a chemistry guy. And he said, this generation, like our generation, Generation X and, and the one before, before, he goes, there's so many personality disorders that he thinks can, are going to be eventually attributed to leaded paint. Wow. Like our exposure to leaded paint wow. is going to be attributed to like, uh, like a child defiance disorder and things like that that we grew up. And it was like, is this the first time we've seen this? And then you go, no, it's just now being categorized. Even ADD, he, like he has all these theories, and I don't know if I believe it. I'm just saying, like, it is true that we had these toxic materials in paint. That we were yeah. just like, kids are licking paint. Why? You know, on the windowsill. You don't lick the. <laughs> Johnny, what did you do? What did you? How did you treat paint? That sounds. <laughs> I just licked the window. I'm just chugging paint. It was childhood. That's what we what we did. That's it. Was just like asbestos and like we had leaded paint and more like as worstus. I right. know, right? Come on now. I tried as best as I could to get it out of my system and couldn't. <sighs> Jeez, this is these are that's uh, that's not why people tune in. They no. don't tune in for these. They might. horrible puns. I apologize. Dude, I don't like me. puns. I don't. I don't like the bad rap. The judgment that people get for puns. I like a good. I do. I will say that I have one-liners in my show that I've had for years, and now this is the age of calling everything that's a one-liner a or a wordplay joke or a dad joke. Right. Like diminishing someone's joke as a dad joke. It's like a like it's like a way to like demean it. Yeah. And I don't agree with that because there are jokes that are dad jokes, but I don't feel like maybe I'm just being defensive. I apologize. 
Well, that was quick. Maybe I do have some dad jokes. I don't know. You're very quick to repent. I just don't know a lot of dads who are as funny as me. I don't think it's a fair oh, characterization to be like, well, that's a joke my dad would tell. No, it's not. I've been doing this a long time. Right. Your dad sucks. <laughs> <laughs> again, take away from all this. again i'm lashing out <laughs> this feels like I'm, a, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry i'm sorry my kids had to see me no, that way no offense. i don't have kids <laughs> your dad sucks that's great yeah. i mean as a comedian not as a person no no yeah i'm sure i've seen your dad's act and it's awful <laughs> he needs a lot of work you do have those those kids that talk about that they all have that dad i wonder if i am that dad in yeah. the circles like I am the kind of dad like we'll carpool with uh-huh. volleyball players, you know, we yeah. have like 45 minutes in the car uh-huh. and I am the dad that usually will talk to everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're trying to make things, you're an accommodator. You're trying to make things less awkward. Maybe. So you're trying to be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, what I like doing? that backpack. Hey, I, she was just like that. Pete Holmes is a comedian and he always talks about how he has a very youth pastor energy and he yeah. looks like a fun dad. Uh-huh. He goes, I look like the fun dad or your youth pastor. I look like the fun dad at the cookout. <laughs> and he starts acting like the fun dad. He goes, I've got the apron that says kiss the cook. And I'm like, if you like him, then you put, put some cheese on it. If you like him, then you should have put some cheese on it. Hey, fun dad. <laughs> That's him. And I think, yeah, you've got a little fun dad energy. You think so? Yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a introvert though. Uh-huh. But I have that side. Well, I think I want people to feel comfort. So if things are awkward, like here's an, an example is somebody comes to my table at the end of the show and they're trying to like right. tell me they enjoy the show or they're, they're trying to tell me a story. Well, that's just like my story of my crazy whatever. And I'm being accommodating. But I don't immediately go like, mm. I, I try to right. it, accommodate them because I don't want them to feel weird. And I think there's something in that. That's one of the reasons I do comedy. I'm trying to make everybody like me and be happy. That's a very nine thing. Yeah. Interesting. But I mean, I don't think it's like my, it doesn't take up my whole, per- I mean, I want that for an hour a day and then I want you to get away from me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I do. I do, do feel like I try to accommodate people. When though. you knew me as the youth pastor for those 15 years, uh-huh. would you like, do you think I'm a different person now? Because I had, huh. to, spe- well, we I had evolved to be together though. I evolved time. with yeah, you though. So too. it's hard to know. It's like a marriage. You know, we've been knowing each other long enough that it's like, yeah, we're both different people. You and I, would run, and this is what's crazy. I'm not a big game guy, but they we would go to camps, uh-huh. and we would bring you know 80 kids to camp. Right. And it was a camp of 300, 350 kids, and they mm-hmm. would ask the leaders to take different positions to run the camp. Uh-huh. And you and I would be the program Volun- director. volunteer positions, yes, by of the course, way. Yeah. <laughs> While you're still you pastor, but you get kids. a golf cart, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of power in that golf. You're like the guy at the dump. Yeah, you are. You are. You get to be like no paint. <laughs> Yeah. Quit licking that windowsill. <laughs> exactly. And uh, but we would run the games, uh-huh. and that's not really. But we would do really well at it. No, we would go all out, and it is fun because you award points randomly and right. and you know completely arbitrarily. And you oh, know. it's just make up stuff. I've decided the red team is the victor. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like <laughs> remember they used to make it when we were kids. They make you do wrath appeasers. Oh no, you know, I don't remember wrath appeasers. What is that? A wrath appeaser is you, you That's like, get you? down on your face like the guy up in the tower with the bullhorn, which became us. He's like, you know what? Oh, you know it's hot out here, and I don't like the way the red team's attitude's been today. But 
if they would do, you know, they could appease my wrath. They could do wrath appeasers for I don't know about you know. We'll see how many you can what do. What is a, is a wrath appeaser? Get on your face in Whoa. the dirt, okay, and you take your fists to the ground and your legs, and you say mercy, mercy, mercy. Wow! And so you, would, John, this is like some kids telling this story to a therapist right now. <laughs> and, then like, go, and then they told me. And then he'd go, all right, fifty thousand points with the red team. You know, I like it so much, a hundred thousand points. And you know, give it a million points, and then we just start making up millions of points. We did that for a long time. I think you've you've participated in abuse. <laughs> You're like, you know, rather the peacers like you do. I don't remember if I ever had kids do it. I just remember being a kid doing it. Oh, okay. But uh, but we had some good times. But you know what else is a good time, Johnny? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> you can appease our wrath now. We're going to hear a word from a few of our sponsors. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. We used to make funny videos for camp, too. We did. Uh, Yeah, like you say, what is your... Yeah, you change you evolve and then i'm changing too and then we've stayed friends so like a lot of our views views at least line up at least the way we see the world lines up enough to where we can stay friends because everybody has friends that you grow apart from but part of that's because your view of the world just totally gets it it diverges our view of the world evolved at the same time too yeah Yeah, and so we can agree on things and probably shape each other's view of the world too if we're honest we're you know i tell you what to think and then you right and if i say no you make me do wrath appeasers (laughs) she's louise it sounds like a like a candy wrath appeasers (laughs) from welch's or whatever get through the candy and inside of the middle is lead paint yeah um (laughs) but it is like a marriage like you know like you're, that's the thing. Our our friendship. It's like you evolve. Just like if you're married to somebody, you go. Oh, they've changed. Yeah, you change too. Right. But speaking of that, so uh, it's your birthday week, or it's just passed, and we didn't get to be around each other during the holidays. Yeah. And then I was like, "Hey, I'm going to buy you lunch today. Let's go somewhere. Uh, not the normal. We normally go to Longhorn, and you get the same thing every time. That's not true. I have two things. It's a little bit dumb." And I go, listen, we don't have to go long one day. I'm buying your lunch day birthday boy anywhere you want to go. And you you text me back, melting pot. <laughs> and I go, I really hope he's kidding because this is really uncomfortable. Like two dudes. It was supposed to be. Two dudes at melting pot. And I just left it. I was you did. Staff you were just like melting pot. Fine. <laughs> I call your bluff. Let's go love. downtown Nashville. Let's eat fondue in this little table together. Let's look right into each other's and eyes. St- like right, yeah. And unironically dip meat right into, into a cauldron. Right. 
Yeah. And wait for them to look in each other's eyes while they cook. I think it made you uncomfortable. You were just like, no, I was just like, I don't think I'm going to do that. I was like, surely you think I was serious. <laughs> no, I knew you were kidding. I just said, well, I was thinking somewhere closer to, I said, I said, how romantic is what I said. How romantic. <laughs> I said, I was thinking of somewhere closer to home. Yeah. But and then we ended up going to Longhorn. We went to Longhorn and you got well, the same thing. The deal is I've eaten so much. Like, to, it's not like I, it's fine. You know what? This is like one of those dead marriages you hear about, John. <laughs> and it makes me sick. You take me to the same place every week. No, it was uh, it was good. I had I'm I'm I'm, I'm beginning the the slow. Well, I knew that you were like because you do the whole thing where you eat like crap over the holidays, and then so if I get you on January two, I knew you're going to be like well, I'm back on the I'm back on the wagon now. I want the fun, John. I never get fun, John. That's what I'm saying. Was I fun, John, in the old days? Like with the kids? You know what I'm saying like I don't get you that week of Christmas because we're not around each other. You're well, with your dumb family. You had your dumb show. I don't get cheesecake, John. No. I get, I had so much cheesecake. I got to oh. eat some grilled chicken today. And it was I don't not, want grilled chicken, John. It's not because, by the way, yes, I've gained some weight. Yeah. But that's not really the issue. I don't feel good. Like I've eaten so much now. I'm like, oh, like I'm just like. I know. I'm done with it. I had I had the food. And what what an amazing and I, I heard someone say it was on the Lectio last week. He was like, Hey, instead of shaming yourself, right, why don't you like take a moment and be grateful for all the like feasting and the gifts and all the things sure. instead of just thinking of the ways in the new year that you should now do things all differently. Uh-huh. Take a moment and be grateful. Like, well that was fun and, and I think it was. It was. Fun. And it was, you know, maybe more fun because you weren't with me on it. Huh. Wait a second. That's interesting. That's... No, in the last year. We went out for my birthday, right. and we got to feast together. I thought we were going to do that again. I thought we were, too. When are we going to? You know why we didn't? Why? My wife's stomach virus. Oh, she got sick. She was like, she was like a couple of days before, she's like, I'm sorry, I haven't even... But we can still do it. Like, no. we'll just go another... You think it's Pat? we got to wait until no, next year? now it's... Well, actually, I would love to go out, but then you're going to go on a fancy cruise next week. I am. To do comedy. Saturday, I'm leaving. And then which one is this? This is the Zach Williams cruise. It goes, I mean, it's going to Costa Rica and it's going to Puerto Rico. Wow. It's going, I think it's going to, they said there's two time changes at sea. Wow. So it's like, we're going parts unknown. Yeah. You're going to leave when it's daylight. Here's the thing too. They tell you that they go, Hey, make sure you've got your right time that you know that your phone is going to, because you're going to be, because I have all the call sheets because I'm working on the boat. So I'm like, I'm going to be in some weird, we just crossed the international date line Ugh. and I missed my show by an hour right. or 12. I don't know how the international date line works. Jeff. Maybe just show up an hour early everywhere. You're... <laughs> to the buffet, <laughs> I will. <laughs> hey, now. See, that's the thing. If the, I thing was about a, the thing about a cruise that's tricky, though, uh, is you, like if I had bombed at Zany's, it would have been awkward because I had some friends and family there. That's right. a, that, so that puts a lot of pressure on you. I'd much rather, like, I did a show on New Year's Eve, and I was in Hillsboro, Ohio. Okay? Yeah. And I don't know these people. Some of them are, like, fans of mine from the internet or whatever. But it's like, if I let them down, it's not enough people in that room to start a rumor. Nobody cares. Right. But it's saying these, it's like, ugh, the pressure's ramped up. And on a boat? You're stuck with these people. It's like, if you bomb on Tuesday, yeah. i got to see you on Thursday and Wednesday. Right. And they got up, you're standing next to them getting your soft serve. Right. And they're, they're like, whew. That, Johnny, that was rough. That's a bad comedian on the Lido deck. Yeah. yeah. There's not, that bad comedian again. Yeah. They say it out loud. They don't even keep it to themselves, which is hurtful. So that's one thing I'm a little bit pensive about. I don't do a ton of boats. And, and you always hear about that from people who do cruises. They're like, yeah, it's great when it's great. And when it's not, you're just like, you're, you want to hang out in your room a lot. You know what I want to do in a boat? What's that? Just one time. Hmm. I want to have a week where I play in the piano bar. That would be. I could see you doing that. I think that'd be fun. 
Do you think you could be the kind of person that like tinkles while you talk over it? Are you comfortable oh, yeah, enough I to do that? Yeah. I'd have to learn all like I'm a decent piano player, but I'm way out of practice. Yeah. I'd have to learn like, okay, I've got these fifty songs now. Oh wow, that you I need play a... front and back. Well know? that's true because you're gonna get requests. <clears throat> yeah. You know like a lot of the requests. You're gonna get Piano Man Billy Joel. Yeah. You're gonna get uh uh hold on. Uh what's the Celine Dion one? My heart will go on because yeah. we're on a boat. They're going to want to hear. The, I don't know why they want to hear the Titanic song, but they do. I, that's a bad. Yeah, it is. But they're going to want to hear it. Right. Uh, near, far, wherever you are. And I don't. I don't read music, you know. So that's yeah, the thing. You, I couldn't just bring the sheet music out and do it. I'd have, it has to be committed to memory. Right. I, mean, I can tell when the notes go up and down. It's not that. You understand that notes exist. Right. I can see them on the page, and I know. Oh, okay. This melody's moving here, mm-hmm. but to know the intricacies of the chords uh, per se. Um, what, are, what are the other songs? <clears throat> what other songs do you think you have to learn? What do you think are the staples? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to go. Garth Brooks, The Dance. Oh, I could play that right now. Garth Brooks, man. That was a that was a high school. Looking back. Yeah, man. Which is funny. We're singing that as kids. It's yeah. like we had really nothing to look back what on. What are you looking back on? Like the, another, uh, it took me, a, what was the name of the band? It wasn't Diamond Rio. Oh, the Live Like You Were Dying? It was, it was a Little Texas. Oh. They had a song called... Um, Wait for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, because I was it called. Wait for it. <laughs> that actually, would be that a good, like a good country. Song. Be a good country song. Uh, it was called "What Might Have Been." Okay, remember that song? Yeah. And I remember like being all romantically heartbroken sure. and stuff with girlfriends because it all feels huge. Yeah, you can't know when you're a kid that like this is. So I'm like 15. What might have been? And that's our song is what might have been. Man, now and I'm like, what, a lot. Really, a lot hasn't. A lot, a lot hasn't happened. Really. Yeah. yeah. It still may be, you know what I'm saying? Like, but that yeah. that doesn't sell. I was an intense kid too, music. man. I was an intense kid. I was too much for a lot of people, I'm sure. I would have loved to have known you as a kid. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm again. You're projecting right. you, what you think you were. So maybe I was, but I I feel like I was pretty awkward. Like when I see, uh, you know, an awkward kid. Like when whenever I was a youth leader for your youth group, I was like, I. I always gravitated towards like an, somebody who's a little bit of a you know off kilter kid, or they're a little bit funny too. You know, is great. You think but those- there are just painfully uncool kids, and I think I was painfully uncool in some ways for sure. I just didn't know what I didn't know. I had a vest phase where I wore vests over t-shirts. Oh, well, everybody did that, and I just thought, but this one was like purple and sparkly, and it wasn't. Mm-mm. It shouldn't have. There did shouldn't it, be sparkles. Did it have tassels. It? I, I had a fringe leather coat. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. There it, was a lot of there was a lot of androgynous clothing. Yeah. Choices. But that was kind of the maybe I just wanted. It was the nineties. It was different. Or eighty late eighties. I just wanted to have some pizzazz, and now I just want to dress the most, blend in with everybody, yeah. and I want my personality to have pizzazz. I guess I want to have pizzazz one hour a day. And yeah. then I want to retreat back into my black T-shirt and blue jeans. Right. I'd prefer that you didn't notice what I was wearing at all. Yeah. Right. Like if, I ever, if somebody ever said to me, you should wear this on stage, and it was a jacket with fringe, I'd be like, are you crazy? Right. Everybody's going to think I'm weird. But for whatever reason. And then you're going to get I, up there and tell jokes and make them think you're even weirder. Yeah. For whatever reason, when I was 17, I was like, I want that fringe leather jacket. You wanted to stand out for something. Oh, my goodness. I wanted that Surrey with a fringe on top. Oh, my goodness. Hey, you know what, Johnny? Yeah. It's that time. What? It's oh, time, it's time for the quote of the week. It's time for the quote of the week in a little segment that uh, we like to call They Talked About That. Uh, <laughs> this is 
<laughs> I can't believe this is royalty free. This is it's like, very like. It feels like you're going to pull like a leather bound book from the shelf and begin a random reading. It's like I feel like I want to go to the Hall of Presidents at Disney. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, yeah. Uh, today comes from uh, George C. Lichtenberg. And, okay. Uh, it says, and this is another good New Year's quote. Everyone is a genius at least once a year. The real geniuses simply have their bright ideas closer together. Okay. That's just interesting idea of you see someone and you assume, but probably everybody at some point in their life, maybe once a year. Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that guy sometimes. Like I have this great idea, once but I year. can't string it together with something else. Yeah. So that it could actually become. Although this does bug me, by the way. I was about to say so that it can't be, so I could become genius. Yeah. But you know that's a real pet peeve of mine. Become, genius is a noun, right? Become a genius, a genius, or have an idea that's ingenious. But to say an idea is genius is to call it a noun instead of an adjective, and I'm, I'm very offended. If you string it. too many great ideas together, you're an evil genius. Well, there you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's. I think the creative. I think the creative process really is for me. And I was, who was I was talking to? Our friend Caleb. I was like, I don't think of myself as one of the real creatives. I really don't. I think of myself as like, I just, I just do a lot for a long time. Yeah. And at some point I just, I think wear it down. Like a craftsman. Yeah. Almost like, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm crafting. Uh I don't know. Almost like I'm, I'm in the factory just rubber stamping. You know, I'm just kind of. No, you're not stamping, but you're kind of putting things on the lathe until it looks like a certain thing. You have skill, but you're also like going to work your way to until the art is done. That's more of a craftsman. Uh, whereas somebody else's is like, uh, you know, like, what about a computer that fits in your pocket? And they're like, well, that guy is a genius. Well, somebody else in a, somebody had to go craft that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I will say that there are a lot of times you've had ideas over the years. Yeah. And then I'm still years later doing them. Like you had an idea one time for us to give guitar lessons to kids. Oh, was that my idea? I don't yeah. remember this. Yeah, and you'd call it, we said, we call it School of Rock. Yeah, but School of Rock was Correct. a movie, but yeah. We, would but we did you it. You weren't saying that you said it. And then, and did it, you say we did it? No, what? And then, you did it. And then I did it. You did it. And for like the next 10 years, I gave guitar lessons. And it's still impacting. And it was your idea. And a few times I was sitting there like, where the heck is Johnny? Right. This was his idea. So the yeah. genius had the idea, uh-huh. and then whatever it is I am, the minion, uh-huh. This is like, yeah, you're the evil genius. Right. You're Gru, and I'm one no. of the minions. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> um, I will say that I want my mind to work better mm-hmm. in 2024. Okay. I feel... So in 2023, I made some resolutions. Um, like mind-based resolutions? Well, to less distraction. Okay. And so one thing I did was I... Move social media to my non. I think I said I moved. I moved. My family's upset. Yeah, but I was like, you guys are distracting, you're distracting me. me. I, I, need, I need to think clearly. <laughs> but I, my social media is on, not on my homepage. My phone. This is so funny to me. Our home screen. You move it one swipe over, and you think that makes it sense. does because I don't see the bubble. That's funny. I don't see the bubble of those notifications. Okay. And then I rarely go. Like I might check Instagram. So you just become a bad friend, is what you've become. You're I've not become responding to these people. But, well, listen, I went on Facebook for my birthday. Yeah. There were messages. Why not just remove your email and your text, too? I don't see the bubbles. I don't know what's going on. They don't tempt me. (laughs) (laughs) But 
when I did do this, I decided I want to be more well-informed on actual sources, and so I have the Apple News uh, right. subscription. Okay. So it's every newspaper Not a sponsor. in the world. And so I, what the, the downside or the backfire of all this I didn't realize is, is I went from probably spending a couple hours a day on social media right. to reading articles a couple hours a day. So I'm uh-huh. much more well-informed, yeah. but I'm still – too deep into something like it's still yeah. like an obs- the, the obsessive trait of that phone right. still causes me so i'm either reading a sports article or i'm reading right. a political article or i'm reading like i love the archaeological articles in there and all the stuff but it's still like too much and i've set now limits on that or at least get an alarm on my downtime i want to do that 30 minutes but i want to read mm-hmm. like actual books more read so, Read books more. That's a good. That's yeah. a good goal. I mean, I read. A, I think I read more books in twenty three than in my life. I really do. I think I because I had less writing projects until the end of the year, and so that was good. But I just I want to you know I I, I want to be a genius, Johnny. I think you're a genius. I th- yeah. well, no, it's it's okay. And I don't want. I don't. I take it. Take it back. I, I think you've done some things that were genius. I would consider you. You're sharp. You're a bright guy. <sighs> I don't know. I think I'm. What, what is their standard for genius? Okay, here's my favorite quote about being a genius, or the the, the trait of genius, which they're kind of calling it a a uh, an adjective, which you said it's not. But this, this well, it may be now. It's it's yeah. now like in the lexicon. But it said Wait, le- lexicon. <laughs> it's a decepticon. The dialecticon. You no. So it said the quote of, is I can't remember who said it, but it said talent hits a target no one else can hit. Genius hits a target no one else can see. Mm. So I think sometimes when somebody some says something brilliant, it's like they're like I think about uh, when I hear a great guitar player. And they're just very skilled. But then I hear somebody like, I've heard some things that Dane has played. And I was like, I never would have even thought to come up with that. Right. I never heard anybody try Like that. his, the way he hears melody in his head. Right. It's not just like, oh, he really nailed that. But I could see like studying for a year and figuring that out. Right. It's like, I don't know how he heard that in his head. Yeah. So that to me is what genius is. Yeah, I don't have that. Yeah. You have well, that. that's what I was going to say. You don't. I don't think you have it. <laughs> no, I don't, know what I, have. I don't know what I have. I think it's a little bit of both. You you have an idea. I do think about like when I think of a joke, it still feels like magic to me. And I think that's good and bad. Like I feel like I have too much respect for the craft of comedy. And it's been, been detrimental to me. Because I don't just sit down and be like, I'm going to write 15 jokes a day and I don't right. care what I have to do. I'm not getting up until I've written 15 jokes. And if, if 10 of them are garbage, it doesn't matter. Right. Because I have such reverence for the craft of comedy and I feel like it still feels like wizardry when it happens to me, it makes me a little bit lazier probably. Because I'm like, well, if, when it happens, it happens. And you're like, no, sometimes you got to go make it happen. Yeah. you got to put yourself on task. Yeah, so, there's, a, there's a line there. It's hard. Yeah. There were seasons in life where I just like, I'm going to be a writer no matter what. And I would write, I yeah. mean, hundreds of thousands of words, whether blogs yeah. or I had a book idea, I'd go write it. <clears throat> a book I didn't care if anyone ever read it. You know, I'm going yeah. to do this. And I think it trained me how to write better. Right. Because reps are reps. But, so I don't regret it. But at the same time, that content was not genius. You know what I'm saying? But Usually. maybe it's like you get, it's like clearing out the system of all the crud. Like they said that about, when I started doing TikTok, they were like, you've got to do, if you're going to do face to camera type content, they go, you need, you're going to do a hundred bad ones. So just get them out of the way. Interesting. And I was like, I don't want to do a hundred bad. I don't like that idea no, of doing a hundred bad things so that you start at zero and now you're good. Again. Now you're good. Yeah. Cause you got the hundred bad ones. I was like, 
I'd rather like sit and think about how I could make my first TikTok good. Yeah. And then you look up a week later and you've not posted it, you know, <laughs> because you're waiting, you're, yeah. you're killing off any idea that feels like it's not quite good enough. But the truth is, uh, none of it matters because we're all just becoming content creators and consumers and it's, uh, it's a bleak outlook for the world. Oh, wow. That got dark real fast. Speaking of bleak outlooks, John, <laughs> let's do <laughs> let's do my segment as we end the show. Uh, this week in history, we call it Talk About Then. This week, John, 2007. Oh, what a year. Uh, one of the most impactful uh, inventions unveiled to the public at a convention in San Francisco. Do you want to take a guess? 2007? January 2007. Well, it's too late for Chia Heads. <sighs> yes, it's too late for Chia Heads, John. Um, an iPhone. The iPhone. January of 2007, Steve Jobs unveils it at the Mac World Convention. It would go on sale in June. So he's, this is interesting. So people they could really build the hype. Yeah. I didn't think about that. So you built that hype of like, it's not even available yet, which is a weird thing. I don't know if they even do that now. Yeah, they, they do. They announce and then you wait months to get to... Yeah. The newest thing? Yeah. I thought you could pre-order, though. Maybe they had pre-orders. They were still exciting. Uh, do you want to guess what the the uh, the retail cost of the iPhone 1 was mm. in uh, $2,007? $2,007. I was going to call it 120 No, no. Between 499 and 599 Was it that expensive in the beginning? Even in the beginning. It was a $600 oh, okay. phone. Isn't that crazy? I remember us talking about it on staff. What would that be now? That would be over it'd be $1,200, $1,300. Probably. Well, that's what they cost now, some of them. Yeah, it's true. High memory. I remember being at the table, the staff talking about it and, and kind of dogging it. Like, why would I want yeah. my music on my phone? Uh-huh. I have this iPod. Mm-hmm. I have this phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was a... I want to carry... I have this answering machine. <laughs> I have this typewriter. I have this beeper. Like, what's the... Yeah. <laughs> And like, and it was. I have this compass. That really was a genius thing, is that was something I would not have thought of as a need, and yeah. someone did. Crazy. Have you ever seen that meme of all the things that an iPhone replaced? It's like a huge photo. It said everything in this photo is now in your pocket. It's cr- it's a crazy amount of stuff. Yeah. It's like an answering machine, a calculator, uh, but it goes to like I mean, it's a, a huge amount of stuff. And you're just like, it's true. It's all in it's our a dictionary. It's all in our pocket now. It's your, and we and we could not be less happy. It's your notepad. We're so furious as yeah. a, as a people, but uh, we have no reason to be. John, born this week, nineteen forty nine, uh, American boxer, Olympic heavyweight gold medalist, and world heavyweight champion George Foreman. Okay, but what is he known for? The George Foreman Grill. A grill, and that you talk about. We talked about legacy last episode, and how like. You don't get to really choose it, and sometimes you kind of look back and you go, oh, George Foreman is an interesting character because he was kind of a menacing character. Right. Uh, he was kind of a villain when he boxed uh, in his early part of his career. When he came back as an older person, he was a champion of everybody because they wanted to see the old guy beat Evander Holyfield. He's right. in his 40s or whatever. You're like, we're for the old guy. Uh, and he's tra- He's got these big stacks of hamburgers at his press conference weigh-in, you know, and he's just like <laughs> eating hamburgers. It's so great. You yeah. know, he's this big doughy guy. But back in the day when he fought Ali, it wasn't that way, you know. He was a menacing guy. And so it's interesting, like, his arc, his character arc to this, like, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he invented the grill or if he's just a spokesperson. I don't know the whole behind it, what behind it. If he, like, they came to him and said, would you right. rep this? And he obviously yeah. went in, I'd say, in partner level with it. Yeah. Because yeah, it became a part of his whole brand. And I mean, how many millions? <clears throat> how many millions? Have way more than made? boxing, I guarantee you that. Do you still have a George Foreman grill? 
Uh, I think we have a. It's in a cabinet or something. We have whatever the. I don't think it was a name brand, but I think we have one the of off, the off the knockoff, yeah. the forged Jorman, the forged Jorman yeah. grill. Yeah. Uh, he's on a lot of them, and uh, but a heck of a boxer, like the punt. I mean, this guy. Oh, they said he was like a. It's like a truck hitting you when he would hit you. Wow. And uh, I've been told that about. No. I've been told that. <laughs> Lastly, John, uh, this week seventeen seventy six. Oh wow. Uh, it's not what you think, though. This no. is January of 1776. Oh, yeah. Thomas Paine's pamphlet. Common Sense. Common Sense, urging independence for the colonies, is published. It was an immediate sensation, selling 120,000 copies in its first three months. Per population at the time, it is still the best-selling American title of all time. So per, you know, for the amount of people right. that were uh, a long habit. This is one of the quotes. And I, I didn't realize this. I never heard this quote. A long habit of not thinking a, a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right. Time makes more converts than reason. Wow. That's like so prescient. That's a, an amazing quote. Yeah. So just letting something go on gives it this credibility mm-hmm. that's more powerful than even being right. It's just like, well, we've, it's like a t- they call it the tyranny of tradition. Yeah. So when you don't call out wrong ideas. Yeah like I've been trying to do on this show for years <laughs> and it just goes on and on. And then you get exhausted from it and you're like, just let it go. And that's what happens. And right. now you next thing me. you know, yeah, here we are at episode. Well, that stops now. <laughs> this is the common sense era. This of is the revolution. That. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, there's so much I want to say about all that, but I'm not going to because, Oh, you don't want to get into the man, weeds of just, Thomas Paine. I think it's great. Oh, okay. I just think that even just the year 1776 and what it was. Right. I mean, it's, it's a hard... It was, really, it was a big one for us, yeah. if I recall correctly. For the for the world, though. Yeah. And those Enlightenment ideas, and then the Enlightenment itself, yeah. um, you know, what it, what it... Well, we've kind of romanticized, which romanticism is a part of the Enlightenment, actually, but romanticized the Enlightenment in many ways since. But yeah. common, uh, Thomas Paine's common sense, absolutely... I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Obviously, there's not an equivalent in the sales perspective for right. per capita. Well, what but, about like – it was a reactionary thing. So what about like the Federalist Papers or like something that was like incendiary for the time of like being a – Yeah, I mean Federalist Papers, again, one, there are many, many essays, what, 85 or whatever yeah. essays written. And the debate raged on, mm-hmm. right, because you, you still had – you had the anti-federalists and the federalists, and it became the you know the Democratic Republicans and all this stuff. But it, it what you have is common sense, though, and you still, I guess, I had you had Tories and those who disagreed. But there was an American once the war was won, and mm-hmm. th- those ideas became very ingrained in the American, not just government, but almost consciousness, you know. And so there's there's thoughts in there that we don't even know that are part of what we believe. Like I said last episode, I'm reading a book on dispensationalism, and it's hard for me mm-hmm. to know if the author is saying something is supposed to be right or wrong, because I was raised right out of dispensationalist kind of theology. It's almost like, but I didn't know that. Yeah. And so the things that are a part right. of you that it you was know, a, It was like in the studs. So when he it was called, in the bones of the house. Yeah. And when he calls it out as something, I go, wait, is that a, th- is that not yeah. 
how things are, you know, because <laughs> that's the only way that I mean, I have no different theories now, but getting this very specific history uh-huh. of that. So I think to, I think common sense is one of those kinds of things, too. And again, Thomas Jefferson took so many ideas from things like common sense. And I mean, we he didn't just sit down one day and pen the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not how it happened. Like, there was multiple drafts. And again, Benjamin Franklin, you know, had edits to it. And um but a lot of the things are direct quotes from other people of the time. And so it's just it, – you know, or uh, augmented quotes of the time. So Nothing so uncommon, John, as common sense. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Don't you think? I think we bring some common sense to this show. <sighs> I really hope so. I mean, if you'd like to check out more episodes of the show, John, where where do they go? I think they would go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com. John, click on that upper right-hand link. That's how you support the show. We love our patrons. We appreciate your support. Go to the bottom right-hand. That's where you can send us a note, or you can just go to hello at talkaboutthatpodcast.com, but click that link, and then go leave a review, because that helps the uh, the powers that be yeah. find us. You know, in 2023, we more than doubled in downloads. That's amazing. Uh, so 12 downloads. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. it's <laughs> a lot of people. And you know, we're hoping to do that again in 24. We're to keep doubling. Yeah. You just keep doubling it. Because that's, uh, that's just common sense, Johnny. We've got listeners in Dublin. Do we? I think we, we can see Maybe. the continents. We do have international listeners, and we're, we appreciate you. You said we can see the continents? Oh, you, you just, <laughs> I, can, I can see from here. <laughs> standing high atop Mount Juliet. <laughs> John we can see the continents. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah, uh, you should also check out Johnny W. J-O-N-N-I-E-W.com. Check out JohnDriver.com. Uh, no, don't. Why not? Go to Johnny W. It feels weird you Your hyping sites. me and I don't get to hype you. Well, when I have a book release soon. I'm going to be your hype man. What? 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 Um, you, you know, this. but the, the podcast is one of the main things that I do. Yeah, But true. you do this and... So much else. Yeah. And truth is, all the money from the podcast I've been siphoning off from siphoning off for myself. I just oh, been telling you. So I didn't know that. it turns out it's actually super lucrative. Talk about so. embezzlement. It's <laughs> the next time. Would it be embezzling? Wouldn't you have a real a spinoff? It would just be, I a, think be a bad for the friend. Am, for the amount that we're making, no. no. I don't think they I think they'd be like, What? Well, we're not pressing charges. This isn't worth that. yeah. <laughs> It's like a Judge Wapner type situation. <laughs> it's like a Groupon. Yeah. <laughs> and he won in his court case and he was awarded. seventeen ninety nine. He was awarded an Amazon gift card yeah. by the other party. Um, but yeah, you should, uh, you should check out JohnnyW.com. It doesn't bother me at all to promote Thank it. Thank you. I think it's great. You know what? I appreciate your support as a friend. Uh, and uh, John, you're like family to me. Well, thank you. Like in a good way. Oh, well, that's Not good. like the, you know. You know, by the way. What's that? That New Year's Eve was the 25th anniversary of my first date with my wife. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it was on, yeah, we went out on, on New Year's Eve. Hmm. And so, uh, and mm-hmm. I knew you longer than that. Right. So I think I know you a year and a half, almost two. So you and I are going like 27 years now. It, we've had a good run and it's, so we're winding it down. Yeah, no, it's time. Yeah. I mean, good. I think it's your crazy viewpoints, honestly. Um, uh-huh. And yeah. I mean, just a general sense that you've become a worse person. Just your overall demeanor as a person. Yeah. Thank you. Well, no, I appreciate fine. you. You're, no. you're a good friend, Johnny. Like no, family stop too. Come it. On. Quit it. Don't yeah. do this. I made a resolution that I would deflect comments <laughs> and compliments in the new year. <laughs> 
Guys, thank you for the time you gave us today, man. Do check out all the websites we talked about. Check out the places that uh, that Johnny's going to be, especially. I want you to go watch it live. But thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Go on. Talk about that. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.